BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Wow. What did you guys think of that new like sizzle reel opener that we've got? That is all our guy Richard, producer Richard, put that together. Uh, made me like want to run through a wall. I'm almost as jacked up about that intro as I am about the Netflix documentary about quarterbacks that, of course, is going to star our very own Patrick Mahomes. Man, we have a lot of fun around here. I'm Patrick Allen, by the way, Sierra Head Attic Podcast Thursday show. Good to welcome you all in. We're going to give some folks on YouTube a, a chance to get in. But like, can we let me know in the comments? Like, what do you guys think on the on the intro? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Do we need more shenanigans to be added to the countdown, the new countdown? We certainly have them on the show. You know, actually, now that I think about it, Richard, we did not, I did not, maybe I need to watch it again. I did not see a clip of me stone cold pounding. The beers, which I think is 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 something that is a must for that intro. Uh, maybe we gotta, maybe we can sneak it in there. But we did get the cannonball into the pool in Arizona, so that's okay. <laughs> Richard's in trouble. Uh, shout out to all of our members. I see everybody rolling into the chat. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Let's get as many Chiefs fans in here to talk off season football as we possibly can. We got a great show today, y'all. I'm super jacked up about this one. Long time coming. Special guests from uh, the Kingdom cast. Kylie Winfrey is going to join us in just a minute. If you haven't seen her work, I'm sure you've come across her. If you're on the Twitter, she's uh, very active on there. She's got a great big following. They, they put on a great show over there with some other people you may be familiar with. She's going to come on. We're going to talk about a number of topics that I want to hit today. A little bit, it's usually a slower time of year, and I'm sure we've got a few weeks of that ahead, but quite a bit of news in the Chiefs kingdom going around right now. Uh, On today's show, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, most importantly, Jamar Chase talking smack. The Bengals just can't stop, won't stop, won't stop talking smack. We're going to talk rivals. 
Chiefs AFC West rivals, um, rivals in the AFC. I'd love to. I, I'm really excited to get Kylie's perspective on that. Chris Jones, he wasn't at mandatory OTAs. We're going to cover that. We're going to talk about the new Netflix documentary that's coming out. And how long is Travis Kelsey going to play, he says, until the wheels fall off? which I am very happy about. And it wouldn't be a Chiefs podcast without at least a little bit. I'm going to make it go fast, but without at least a little bit of DeAndre Hopkins talk, who is currently right now, as we speak, visiting the New England Patriots. I mean, why? Just like, why would you want to go catch passes from Mac Jones? I think we all know the answer. It's money. Um, We'll see. We'll see what he does. Maybe he's just playing the leverage game. All right. uh, We're going to get to Kylie and all those topics I mentioned in just a minute. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button. If you want to become a member of the Arrowhead Attic podcast, you can do that at the link in the description. We'd love to get to know you better in our private Discord or at some of our private members-only events. Okay, very important. Before we get into the meat of the show, I got to let you guys know we got something rolling with Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, It's a special offer. You don't want to miss it. It's for new customers. But you get your first bet on Caesars up to $1,250. All you have to do is use our code, Arrowful. That's A-R-R-O-W-F-U-L-L at sign up. If you sign up using that code, uh, not only are you going to get your first bet insured, but you're going to be supporting the podcast. So if you haven't signed up for Caesars yet, use our code, Arrowful. Uh, Drop your first bet. Uh, The offer is only available to new customers, 21 and over. Uh, And you got to place a bet. So you got to sign up, use the code, and then you got to make a bet. Otherwise, you know, we don't get paid. So, uh, and you won't get paid either because you will have not placed a bet. Uh, It's for 21 and over only, and you have to be legally present in a gambling state where it's legal. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Uh, Check the episode description for full terms of the offer and if you already have an account with Caesars, you can head over to arrowheadaddict.com slash bets. Find more betting offers uh, and more ways to support the podcast. All right, let's bring her in. She's here. Kylie Winfrey joins the show. Kylie, Hi. what's going on? How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so we're much uh, for having me. This is so yeah, exciting. Yeah, I've been looking forward to being on here for a really long time. So thank you so much for having me. I'm good. I'm ready to talk some Chiefs football with you. <laughs> Nice. I reached out to Kylie weeks ago as I was sort of setting up the summer schedule here. Um, and so she was kind of at the end of the first batch of guests. So she she and I have been waiting to, to, to chop it up for a while now. So first of all, for some of our listeners or viewers who might not be familiar with you and the Kingdom cast, can you kind of give them like the, the rundown on, on you, the Kingdom cast, how long y'all been doing the podcast? How did you come to do it? How did you get how did you get into this mess we call, you know, Chiefs fan media here? Uh, well, I'll start off with myself. So I've been a Chiefs fan. I'm born and raised in Kansas City. Uh, don't live there now. I've moved south. So just south, like Springfield area, but born and raised. Whole family still lives there. So growing up, it was like in my blood. I mean, if you're in the city, you know what that's like to kind of be force fed it at a very young age and then eventually you're just like, this is, this is amazing. So I got hooked at a really young age. Um, love the team. I stuck through them through some really rough times, but um, here we are in the good old glory days and I'm loving every minute of it. I got with kingdom cast. So they actually started, this will be their fourth season and this will be my third season. So I came in about halfway through their second season um, they were just looking for someone else to jump in. They needed a little bit of a filler. And uh, it ended up, we had a great vibe. I really meshed well with the guys. It's myself, Country, Boogie, and Chuck. And we just have a really, really great time. We are just all crazy fans that <laughs> love to just talk about sports and talk about the Chiefs and, you know, 
some people don't want to hear me ramble on about Chiefs football, but they do. So we have that in common and we, we have a really great time. It's awesome. We, um, we get a lot of great guests on. Um, we love to always mix it up. We just recently added DMAC. He does a lot of film analysis with us. So um, always pushing the metric, always trying to um, bring on new guests and try new things. So we, we love it. Yeah, you guys got to check it out. Um, great chemistry the group has over there. Podcast, there's a YouTube channel, Kingdom Cast. That's two Ks, right? That's a K-A-S-T. Correct. Yep. Two K's kingdom cast. Like he said, we're on YouTube and then we do shows every Thursday at 8 PM central time. So you can find us there and they're live. So you can join the chat. Yeah. My show is, my show is Thursdays at four. So you guys can just roll, right? You can watch Arrowhead addict, get a bite to eat, go get some barbecue and then, and then tune into kingdom cast at eight. Awesome. Um, Kyle, we have so much to talk about a lot going on with the chiefs before I get into all the chiefs talk. I have a, I have a question for you. So have you heard of these or have you bought one maybe, uh, through the chiefs app, these chiefs mystery boxes. Have you heard about all this like thing? No. Okay. Oh my gosh. What is this? So, so if you download the chiefs app, they they're like affiliated with like an auction memorabilia. I don't know if it's in-house or out of house. I don't know, but it's in the chiefs app. So I trust it insofar as I know I'm not getting scammed and they have these things called mystery boxes. So you can go into the auction section and you can bid on like a Kelsey sign helmet or Jersey or Mahomes, whatever. Like they have all this stuff in there. Chiefs legends, Willie Rove, Will Shields, and you can bid with people kind of like eBay style and it counts down, but then they have these things called mystery boxes. So if you like filter by and and you do buy it now, uh, sometimes they have a mystery box. And you pay like for the jerseys, sometimes they'll do footballs. For the jerseys, it's like a hundred bucks usually. And you don't know what you're going to get, but you know like who you could get. So there's like a list of players and most of them are good, right? Like it'll be like, you could get a Mahomes or, you know, a Kelsey or whatever. And then there'll be like Chiefs legends and like other people that you might want, like, like a Nick Bolton or, you know, Creed Humphrey. And then like, they, but they always slip in like Chad Henney, Darian Kennard, Juju Smith-Schuster. All right, so... You know, and 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 the worst, the worst one, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is in a lot of these boxes as a possibility. And like literally one of them was called Chiefs Legends Mystery Box. And they had like Henny and Ju- and like uh, Legends, like D- Darren Kennard, did he play like more than three snaps like all season? So anyway, <laughs> right. I, my question for you is I have ordered two of these now. So I'm I'm two hundred dollars in. I've gotten Chad Henny the first time. They, these are signed. They're signed. Chad Henny. And then I did it again after getting Chad Henney and I got Juju Smith-Schuster. So my question for you is, am I a clown for buying another one of these after I got a Chad Henney? With all due respect to Chad Henney, he's great, but we all know what we're looking for here when we go for one of these boxes. Am I a clown and am I a clown if I buy a third and get like Darian Kennard or Rojo? Okay, well, so if you get Darian Kennard or Rojo, you might be a little bit of a clown, because, but you can't help that. You know, I think you're not a clown for trying a third time because third time's a charm. You got Juju. Juju's a really good one. I mean, he's part of that Super Bowl run. Same with Chad Henney. I mean, without that 98-yard drive, like, where are we? You know what I mean? So those are some good gets. I definitely think you roll the dice again and you try again. I'll support you. If anyone comes after you, I'll say, listen, guys, he's not a clown. This was a good, this was a good <laughs> choice. Yeah. We really thought this was going to be a good gamble. So I think, I think you go for it. This is a really cool thing too, that they're doing. I like, that there's like a little risk 
but you know, they say you got to risk it to get the biscuit. So you just got to keep going. That's, that's right. It's a gamble a little bit. I mean, you do get something, it is signed, it is authenticated, all of that. Uh, it's not crazy expensive. Not everybody can just shuck out a hundred bucks, but like, you know, like it's not, you know, it's around the price of like one of the jerseys, you know, the, the cheaper jerseys that you can get. So like, it seems like it's fair. They're not made to wear. They're made to be framed. That's something that everyone should know if you're listening to this. Yeah. I don't know how I feel. I joked in our, our private discord with our members that if I do it again, the Jersey that I get might say, uh, the, the name on the Jersey might be divorced and my wife will have signed it. <laughs> If she, cause she's like, what was this charge for sports memorabilia? And I was like, oh, it's for a Juju Smith Schuster jersey. And she's like, what? But you make good points. Like, I, I, what I need is an anchor to my collection now, right? Because like, you can look mm-hmm. at Henny and be like, if that's the only one you got, like, you can look at Juju and be like, one year rental, but they, they both were crucial to Super Bowl runs. It's just like, I need, I need like a Kelsey or a, even, even a Will Shields or a Willie Rofe, like, to make my collection like, oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Right now, I just have the most mediocre Chiefs jersey collection of all time, I feel, with those, with just those two. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not elite, <laughs> um, if you want to say that. But I wonder if there's like a checklist where they're like, okay, this guy, this is his third time. Like, we really got to give him like a Travis Kelsey or a Patrick Mahomes or something right. good because I think we like kind of skimped the last couple of times. Yeah. Um, so maybe you've got that going in your favor. But also to your point, I mean, $100 is kind of, you know, it's about the same price as a jersey. But if you get a signed Travis Kelsey, thinking about what that would be worth and how much you paid, like, yeah. I think you go one more time. And I'm going to, I have to know what happens too. If you get another one, we got to, I got to hear about it. Yeah, I think, you know what I think I'll do is I will, I'll do it again. And then uh, beg forgiveness for my wife. And then we'll just do a live reveal on the show. So everyone can laugh or celebrate with me, depending on what I get. I think that's a great idea. A live box opening, like they do, like those influencers do, but yep. yours is just like a jersey. You've got to, yeah, do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go for it. Okay. So I'm like almost, I'm a little bit of a clown, but we'll see. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's dive into some more Chiefs talk. So I, I, I want to talk about this Jamar Chase stuff. I'm sure you're aware. Somebody asked, Joe, I'll set the table for everybody. Somebody asked Joe Burrow, who's the best quarterback in the NFL? And Joe Burrow, because he's not an idiot, is like, it's Patrick Mahomes. So then, you know, they're asking Jamar Chase about it. Now, I want to preface this by saying, I did not expect Jamar Chase to not back his guy, right? I, I don't expect him to get up there and be like, the right thing for Burrow to do is to be like, oh yeah, you know, Mahomes or whatever. Jamar Chase, he could have said, you know, there's a lot of great quarterbacks out there. I personally, I love my quarterback, Joe Burrow. He's great, you know. But instead, Jamar Chase says they they ask him about the best quarterback, and they say you're, they say Joe Burrow said Patrick Mahomes said Pat Mahomes, and and Jamar Chase replied Pat who just like dumping gasoline onto the the Bengals trash talk bonfire. Uh, so my question for you is why can't the Bengals shut up? And and do you like them adding gas to the rivalry fire? Well, I 100% support them giving more bulletin board inf- uh, information anytime they can. To your point, <laughs> he's not going to go up and be like, not support his quarterback. He's not going to go up and not support Joe Burrow. But he could have said that. He could have been like, you know, I just, I got to support Joe. Like, Pat's a great quarterback, but I got to support Joe. Like, he's my QB one, whatever. Said something a little bit more respectful. And instead, he immediately swerved and was like, Pat who? So totally, like you said, adding a little fuel to the fire. But people have run with this. So it's not like PFF had a huge graphic on. I think it was the other day. And it was just like Jamar Chase or Patrick Mahomes. Crazy. It was like, Pat who? So, I mean, the media's got it. He, now it's everywhere. You know, Patrick Mahomes has probably like printed it out, put it on like in his locker or whatever at, uh, at the stadium. And he's looking at it every day like, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I love it, though. You know, at first, like, when we were fresh off of the Super Bowl win, I was like, oh, I don't care. Like, I'm riding high on this cloud, Super Bowl victory. But as we get a little further away from that, a little closer to the next season, I'm like, bring it on. Come on. Because we saw what happened last year when people were doubting him and what happens when people doubt him. So go for it. Yeah, you know, we need something to talk about, too. As a fan and as a person who literally, quite literally works for a company called Fansided, we, we want stuff that we need stuff to talk about. So that's great. And I'm anything that might motivate the chiefs. I'm all for that as well. I don't like when our guys do it. I just like when, when Juju was talking all that smack after the Super Bowl. I was like, shut up, bro. Like the dude admitted he held you like stop. Like just, you know, I don't like it. I don't like when teams have stuff to say about us and our guys. Um, but if they want to talk, I just wonder like, what's the deal with the Bengals? Because like, Look, they're good, right? And they've gotten their wins against the Chiefs, you know, and, and a big win in the AFC Championship game, and credit to them. But they don't have any Lombardis, not a single Lombardi trophy. And all those guys, this is what rubs me the wrong way about them. One, it was them smoking cigars after they won in the divisional round. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, mission's not even close to accomplished. Two, all the trash talk they were doing leading up to the game. Three, Burrow walking in to Arrowhead in a T-shirt that said, uh, like, apologize in advance or sorry in advance. Like, what are they doing? Like, you haven't won anything. What are you doing? Like, before you go into that, it's so embarrassing to go into, like, I always think about, I, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, so I'm a Cavaliers fan. And I always think about the Cavs-Warriors series when the Warriors were leading the Cavs 3-1. 
And LeBron had gotten mad about something that the Warriors were saying. They were talking trash or something. And Clay Thompson gave an interview and he was like, well, you know, it's a man's game. And I guess I just, he got his feelings hurt. And I was like, man, why did you say that? And so like LeBron doesn't say anything. Like they ask him about it. He just laughs, wins the NBA championship. And then he gets off the plane, you know, with an ultimate warrior shirt on. And like, that's how I like my trash talk, right? Like do something first. Do you think these guys, is it a locker room thing? Like, are they just like, does it give them their swagger or is it going to keep coming back to bite them in the ass? And is it going to get tired until they win something? Well, it's certainly, I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> to your point, like win something. Part of me thinks, you know, I think it's part of the culture that they've set there in the locker room. And I don't mean to bash the, uh, like the coaches or the front office or anything with the Bengals, but whenever Justin Reed made those comments last season. I think we saw what Andy Reed and Spags were both very upset about the situation. It felt like they addressed it right away. Yeah. I don't know that that's happening with Cincinnati. I don't know that that's like, are the coaches sitting them down and being like, guys, we got to cut this out because they just keep doing it. Um, yeah. I also think there might be a little bit of like bully mentality there. Like, you know, when you were growing up, there was always mm -hmm. like a bully who was really insecure, but he yeah. would kind of push it out on other people and then make them feel less than, or it, there might be a little bit of that going on. Um, there might be some insecurities because they haven't won anything. And so they're like, we're just going to keep talking trash and keep going there because it, it, it won't quit. And uh, they never learn and they, <laughs> they just keep dishing it out. But yeah. these guys, I mean, they get asked a ton of questions and like everybody said, you know, chiefs players have said something as recently as last year, we just mentioned them. So sometimes they're going to get the, the reporters are going to get their bulletin board material, but it just seems like the Bengals, go out of their way. You know, the Burrow had comments like that was not, nobody asked them a question. They just did it. Him wearing that t-shirt. Like he's, it's just like, it, it reeks of buying into your own hype. You know what I mean? And like, if there's anybody who should be buying into their own hype, it's Patrick Mahomes. And he doesn't do any of this crap. Like he has a little bit of petty streak, but like I couldn't, I just could not see him walking into an AFC championship game wearing a shirt like that like it's just embarrassing like i just don't think he would ever do it he'd be like what if i lose like i'm gonna go in you know you got to worry about the game in front of you and i agree with you andy reed he sets the culture a couple of the guys that spoke out last year they were newer reed juju like i just you know win with class go about your business and let your play on the field do the talking i'm all for it and you know what like that's why i was just like after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, I just I go all in on the Bengals on Twitter anytime I can now because I just don't care. Like the Bills don't do that shit. The Chargers, I hate them. They don't do that stuff. Um, you know, they get a win every once in a while. Uh, the Raiders, <laughs> they're idiots. They do. Um, you know what I mean? So it's just I don't. Know. All right, let's let's move on. But I could I could talk about how how they run their mouths all day long. Um, but like Me we're too. talking about rivals now, and I wanted to ask you. We're gonna get to the AFC West. Because I think this is that's a question that's different for everybody. But like, who do you consider the Chiefs' biggest non-AFC West rival right now? I mean, it has to be the Bengals. I think it used to be the Bills a little because they were the ones really contending with us. We had the 13-second game, and it was one of the most historic games um, in playoff history. So I think it used to be the Bills. But because the Bengals won't, the Bengals fans and the Bengals teammates will not shut up. It's just revved up Chiefs Kingdom even more. And it's just, I was on last night and I think every single thing I was swirling on the timeline was just 
somebody else fighting with someone bickering with someone else from uh, Cincinnati or whatever. So yeah. I think it's got to be the Bengals. Also, I mean, to consider a rivalry, I think you have to see that there's a little balance in wins and losses. And the Bengals have beat us three times. They love to let you hear about it, by the way. They'll talk about it all the time, even though they don't yeah. have any Super Bowl rings. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I think there has to be a little bit of back and forth, and there certainly is that with the Bengals. Obviously, we got the last laugh on this one, but we do play them again next season. I'm very look, very much looking forward to that game. Um, I think we're going to come out on top. But, yeah, I'm, I think it's the Bengals. It has to be, right? Yeah, it's, it's the Bengals. All due respect to the Bills, who have a good team, and, and, and the division foes, they've beaten the Chiefs, and they've – they've beaten the chiefs in a critical spot too. I don't care as much about the regular season victories. Like the regular season victories against Buffalo recently have been annoying, but they have not beaten the chiefs in the playoffs. It's absolutely the Bengals playing back to back years in the AFC championship game and each of you getting a win. That's, that's setting the table and they're going to play each other every year. Unless there's an injury and one of them, you know, doesn't finish in first place. They're going to keep playing each other over and over again, every single year maybe twice a year because they're, they're both so good that they're going to consistently make the playoffs. So like you're basically looking at almost a new division rival uh, in the Cincinnati Bengals, because you'll probably play them twice a year as long as you guys meet up in the playoffs. So yeah, I agree. It's them. Adam best. One of our co-hosts here says I have no problem with trash talking, but the Bengals have more under unearned arrogance than any team in sports history. I agree, man. Like, if they beat the Chiefs in that AFC Championship game and they won the Super Bowl against the Rams, go off, man. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you, you did it. You unseated them, but you just, you just like rented the seat. Uh, is really all you did. <laughs> in that um, all right, let's talk about the AFC West now. Um, we agree it's the Bengals, but for you, who is it in the AFC West? And I think this has to do sometimes with like how people, how people grew up. Uh, like for me. When I was growing up, the Chiefs in the in the '90s, like they had a pretty good handle on the Raiders back then. Um, and so for me, it was it was the the, the between the Chargers and the Broncos because we would lose to those guys a lot. Who do you think is the Chiefs rival on the AFC West for you? Like the biggest rival? Oh gosh. Okay, so I think growing up, it was definitely the Broncos. I mean, they had Elway, then they had Manning, and they won, and they had all this room to talk. And I was so irritated, and then. Neil Smith went there and like there was just a lot of like gut punches from them kind of all together and that's kind of what I grew to know know is that you know we don't like the Broncos they win we don't and it's really frustrating um I would say now though we own the Broncos right like we beat them 15 16 times in a row I start to lose track because it's been so many um so it's kind of it doesn't really feel like they're kind of just like okay there they are Um, I think it's the Chargers for me right now, just because when you consider the talent that that team has, they may not have the best coach, in my opinion, but they do have a lot of great players around them. They have a really good team. They have potential to be a good team. Um, So I think from a level of competition, I think it's the Chargers. They're, you know, a team that we've split a couple different times over the last couple of years. Um, Not last year, but, um, and then the Raiders, I would say their fans in general, are pretty bad (laughs) up until the Bengals started running their mouth i was like raiders fans they're so bad and then of course the way that they you know slapped around the stadium and then they just don't have any tact like that's i think the raiders is they're just kind of like a garbage organization and they show it in a lot of different ways um so it's 
like they're kind of a rivalry in that sense but at the same time you're like what are you doing like this is <laughs> just get it together so yeah they they've been a joke for a while um them them talking any kind of trash to the chiefs is just is absolutely hilarious i'm with you man like it's the it's the chargers and i think that it's changing historically a little bit because this thing with the Broncos, man, like for me, if you had asked me back when I started like working on Arrowhead Attic back in 2009, I'd have been like, ah, the Broncos hate them Elway, And then they got Manning. But like, this is just like, like when Ohio state was dominating Michigan for, for like, you know, 10 years there, like it's bad. And, and it's even harder to do in the NFL to beat a team that badly over and over, and over again. I hate them all, um, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to come in ebbs and flows. And right now it's the Chargers. And, you know, the Chargers had some success with Norv Turner and, and Marty when we stunk. So, like, it's, they're really starting to, to worm their way in there. Um, all right. I think, sorry, real quick on the Chargers, yeah. they just don't have a ton of fans either. So you just don't see a lot of, like, a lot of, like beefing and back and forth with them. So it makes them a little, um, a little easier not or a little easier not to hate i guess yeah. i don't know anyway. yeah no, they don't they they don't they just they're you know you know what it's like when we go and play in in the charger stadium it's it's arrowhead west um yeah <laughs> definitely the the fans are part of it and raiders and broncos fans are are much more uh intense in my experience than chargers fans on the whole um all right so we got afc west knockdown now you've got a, 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 a. We've moved on to fans actually quite eloquently. You've got a, a pretty sizable following on Twitter. Which rival fan base annoys you the most? Is it the Bills fans popping up in your mentions whenever you say something against the Bills? Is it the Bengals fans, Raiders fans? I feel like this one's up for grabs. <laughs> Uh, it used to be Raiders fans, but they don't really have much to say right now because they can't say anything right now. The Bengals, it's always the Bengals now. They just can't stop running their mouths. I could say the sky is blue and somebody will comment under me and be like, well, actually. And then it'll be like, can you believe Chiefs fans think that the sky is blue? And they run off on some tangent about it. And um, they, back to where we were, they just don't have anything to show for it. Like, why are you keep running your mouth? Yeah. We don't have anything to show for it. Um, and I feel like they kind of came out of nowhere because their team success kind of came out of nowhere in a way. So it was like all of a sudden they were there. And um, like kind of like gnats almost. You're just kind of like, why are you always around me, flitting around me? It just, it gets old. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, they they don't they don't have anything. The Bengals fans of my mentions, every time I – Every time I tweet out a troll about the Bengals, they're like, oh, their go-to is Chiefs fans are obsessed with the Bengals. The, you know, we're living rent and free. And it's just like, no, man, like it's just it's just fun after all the trash you talked to like give it back a little bit. Yeah. So I'm gonna go and 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 they have no history to stand on. So like it's weird to see them like get so big for their britches when they haven't even won a championship yet. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm really of a, I'm a pretty big believer of most fan bases are the same. You know, you're going to get your, your knuckleheads, your big mouths, and they're going to find their way to Twitter. Um, but it's just, which ones tend to be the most annoying. And right now, boy, it's the Bengals. It's the Bengals. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. all right, let's get to some football talk. OTAs have been going on. They had the mandatory mini camp. Chris Jones, our guy was not there. 
Um, he's he's waiting to get a, his deal negotiated. He's going into the last year of his four year contract. I believe it was eighty million. Um, so the word on on the street is that you know Chiefs really value Jones, duh, and that um, you know even though they've let some recent free agents walk and Juju Smith Schuster, Lando Brown Jr. Um, they want to bring Jones back and see him as a pivotal piece to their success on defense. Do you have a concern that a deal might not get done and this like it's carried in to, to training camp? I, I don't have a concern. I, I think so. When we signed his extension, when he signed his extension last time, it was like mid July. So we do have time in, in that regard. Um, he wants to be a chief. We've seen him say multiple times he wants to be a chief. I think we're waiting to see, you know, what's going to happen with Quinn and Williams. What kind of deal is he going to sign with the Jets? And I think the people around Chris Jones, the people his, in his camp, his management team, whoever, are saying, you know what, let's hold off because we want to see what kind of money he's going to make. And then let's see if we can get more than that. We, you want to be the second highest paid uh, defensive tackle in the league. Let's make you the second highest paid defensive tackle. Let's not sign a deal too early. So, I think all of the parties, all parties are interested. All parties want to make a deal work. I think it's just a matter of let's see what this hap- happens here and let's give it a little bit more time. Um, in regards to him not showing up to OTAs, I think, I mean, at first I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I think I was a little like, oh, my. Um, but, you know, he is a vet. He does seem to have some sort of an understanding with the coaching staff. I know um, McKinnon is in a similar boat. He had a little bit of time off and didn't have to go. So I think – that's kind of the understanding with them. So I was trying not to be too overreactive about it, but um, I just want to see a deal done so that I can maybe get that weight off my shoulders. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, he said he, you know, he, he doesn't want to play for anybody, but the chiefs, you know, all those things wants to finish his career there. I'm with you. I think they're waiting. I think his, his camp's waiting on the Quentin Williams deal. He's been very clear about what he wants. As you, as you astutely pointed out, wants to be a second highest paid defensive tackle in the league. That's fair. That is fair. And this this follows protocol what he did before when he wanted a, a, a new deal. Um, he sat out. I, I'm not too worried about it. As you said, it's Chris Jones. He's not going to forget how to play football. It's not like they've got a new defensive coordinator. He knows the, the the defense. He's been playing in it for years. He got 15 sacks last year. Rest rest your legs, Chris. You know, exactly. rest rest your legs. That's fine. You don't need to be out there running around until till training camp starts. I'm fine. Just make sure you're stretched out and stay in shape. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. I think this is one where the chiefs understand. They know how important Chris Jones is to this team and to this defense. And they know that they just need to be at a certain level on defense. And they've got a chance to win a championship every year because they have Patrick Mahomes and Brett Veach has invested so much in the defense in recent years, in the draft and the secondary adding linebackers, edge rushers, the centerpiece of that, just like Mahomes is the centerpiece on the offensive side of the ball, Chris Jones is the centerpiece on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think there's going to be a situation where this gets ugly. I just don't see it. Brett Veach is a smart guy. He knows the value of Chris Jones. I think we're going to be fine there. Um, I do too. And real quick, sorry. One more. I feel like that Tyreek Hill trade got everybody, like everyone's on pins and needles now because you just don't know. Like I – up until that happened, I, we could have said, you know, Tyreek, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, they're off the table. There's no way that that's ever going to – yeah, they're never going to be traded. And then that happened. So I think there's a, like, there's a little of that going on in Chiefs Kingdom. It's like, well, we don't know. We don't know. Like, they told us one thing. And then – so – but I think a deal will get done. We love Chris Jones. Please yeah. stay. 
Yeah. And and it's just a it's it's murderer's row of quarterbacks and explosive offenses in the AFC. You've got to have you got to be able to try to slow these guys down a little bit. Uh, or just, you know, you don't want to be in a situation, hopefully, where, you, where you're relying on just having the ball last. So I think the Chiefs need – they need to be middle of the pack or a little bit better on defense. I think they will be, and they need Chris Jones to do that. Um, okay. So did you watch the trailer for the Netflix quarterback documentary, and how jacked up are you for it? I watched the trailer. Well, I had chills. I think – I mean – how can you not be excited? I felt like I was just like, woo, like a little Ric Flair came out, a little Ric Flair moment after <laughs> yes. it. Uh, so jacked up. I love that they really, really grabbed, seem to have grabbed three different perspectives, even though they're all QBs, you know, with Mariota and then Kirk Cousins. You're seeing all different levels of talent and how they're de- each dealing with different diversity. And to see the wives behind the scenes and like all the other things that kind of make help them continue to do the job that they need to do on the field and what's going on behind the scenes. I am super jacked up. I can't wait for it to, to come out. Yeah. It looks really good. I was ready to run through a wall when I saw it. And plus <laughs> like, that's what I need in July before training camp starts. Like I need some, I need a fix here and, and this is going to bring it for us. Yep. Uh, did you see Andy's presser today? I did not. About- they asked him about, you know, how much of a distraction were the camera crew? Because, you know, you think about they're following them around the whole season and yeah. they ended up winning a Super Bowl. And he was like, oh, they weren't really a distraction. I'm like, yeah, obviously not. You guys won a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. So was able being able to balance, you know, him recording all of that and still stay focused on the actual game and practices and kind of keep some things under wraps. I think that's really cool. Excited to see how it all plays out. Yeah. And I think it makes sense. I mean, these guys are, they've always got cameras in their face. They're mic'd up. There's NFL films is around the chiefs have the defending the kingdom, like internal series. I, the, the only time I think it would worry me is if they were on, um, uh, hard knocks because it's like, that's like happening in like real time. And like, you're trying to train. It's like an important part of the season. Uh, so I don't ever want us to be on there again. Um, until we stink. Um, so like 30 <laughs> years from now. Um, but like, I, yeah, it's it, the good news is, is like, you don't have to worry about it airing while you're, while you're doing it. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm, uh, I think they're probably pretty well trained to just sort of tune all that stuff out. Uh, it's going to be exciting though. And I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be cool to see obviously Mahomes, but then, you know, Kirk cousins, who's had, success as a quarterback, but like hasn't probably reached the level that he wants to. And then Marcus Mariota, who's like a guy who's been like fighting just to stay in the league, who came in with some some pedigree and, and high draft stock and all that and see what it's like for him. Uh I thought I thought it was really interesting how you pointed out that there's because I wondered like when I heard about this, I was like, Marcus Mariota. Like mm-hmm. I mean no no shade on Marcus Mariota, but like why? You know, like is is when I'm thinking of like you know, let's get Burrow, Allen, and Mahomes or Hertz or something like that, you know. Um, but uh it makes sense if they approach it that way. It'll be interesting to see how it how it plays out. Um Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about my guy Kelsey. So he was interviewed this week and they asked him how long he was going to play. And he said, until the wheels fall off. So he's 33 right now, he'll be 34 in October. He just had one of his best seasons as a pro, won another Super Bowl. What What do you think? Like, how much longer does he play? When do the wheels fall off for you? 
So let's see. I think we have him through till he's 36, I want to say. Is, I think I would, yeah. So I think he plays until he's 37 or 38. I think he's really trying to strive for, you know, that Tony Gonzalez legacy and trying to play as long as he did. I'm going to say 38. And I think he'll continue. I, you know, I say, I think he'll continue to get less snaps and less targets, but he got a lot of action last season. And I don't think they're going to go away from that this season as much as um, I would like them to continue to protect him in any way they can, but he doesn't do a lot of blocking. So it's not like he's put, I mean, not because he can't block for those who are getting ready to go there, (laughs) but um, they don't put him in situations where he has to do a ton of blocking. Um, I think, they're really trying to keep all the longevity with him that they can. So I'm going to say 37, 37 and a half, <laughs> 37, 38. Yeah. I'm with you. I, you know, I mean, I hope he plays twice 43 uh, if he can. Um, he's just so incredible. And I, I always wondered because he's, he's such a charismatic guy. He did the SNL thing you could see him being in movies and and that type of stuff, hosting shows, going the Michael Strahan route. And so it's kind of like, all right, like, is this guy, is he starting to get ready for life after football? And I'm sure that 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 is part of it, but it's heartening to hear him say he wants to play until the wheels fall off because I think he understands he has a rare opportunity that a lot of guys don't have, which is to be, and I think Mahomes understands this as far as his own contract goes and all that stuff he's in rare air already. And really the only thing separating him from, I think he's suppressed Gronk uh, already. And I think the only thing that's separating him from Tony is time. And, you know, Tony, I think Tony came into the league when he, I think he was 21 or 22 when he came into the league, he was still really young. And Travis came in and was like, he was a lot older. I don't think he really got going until he was 24 because he got injured his rookie season. Mm -hmm. So like, He's he's behind in terms of years. And and of course, then Tony played forever as well. So that's the advantage Tony has. Travis has the advantage of playing in a much more pass happy era with a much better quarterback than Gonzalez ever had. So I think he's he gets it and maybe he wants to to shoot for it. And to, to credit the Chiefs, they seem to have been managing him perfectly. They're not mm-hmm. overplaying him. They're not, you know, they're still putting LeBron out there for 40 minutes a game and just, you know, riding, <laughs> riding him until the brakes come off. Um, I, I, I think, uh, I think they're managing Kelsey the right way. He takes a beating, he goes over the middle. So be cautious with him, especially because you, you know that you're going to the playoffs. So it's like, you know, big moments, big games. Yeah. You want him in there, but like manage him as best you can. Keep developing Noah Gray. Keep developing Jody Fortson, like whoever. Draft somebody. Like get get the heir apparent. They're not going to be Kelsey, but anything that they can do to extend Kelsey's window of productivity. And we've seen tight ends age gracefully in the NFL. So I think Kelsey has a chance to do that as long as he can stay healthy. He did have some back stuff last year that worries me because back's bad news. But we're just gonna have to cross our fingers and and pray to the Chiefs training staff. Yeah. And I think, you know, Andy's really creative when it comes to play design. So I think, like you said, they'll continue to take care of him and make sure that they're not putting him too, through too much. Yeah. Um, but it does worry me because coming off of last season, he was like, this is the worst my body's felt after a season. And he took, 
he had, like you said, the back injuries, but um, it's still, I mean, I think his heart's still in it and it's obviously his mind's still in it. And I think that's a big part of it. And he's like, if you don't want to come to work every day, then that's when things really start to break down on the field. That's when things start to break down in the locker room. So um, he seems to be, his head seems to be in the right place. His heart definitely seems to be in the right place. So I think we're looking at at least another three years with him. Yeah, and hopefully three years at, at, at the top of his game. Um, all right, so it's obligatory until this gets settled. I have to ask about De- you about DeAndre Hopkins visiting the Patriots today. I don't know if any news has come out since we've gone live, but is he somebody that you want on the Chiefs? And how do you feel about the current wide receiver group? So I, when all this DeAndre Hopkins stuff started coming out, I was actually pretty against the idea. I was just like, I don't feel like we need him. Like, he seems to be a little bit of a problem in the locker room or on the field. You know, he had last season, he was suspended for six games before he gave it. So it was just one of those things where it's like, is it worth what the trouble might be to bring him in? Um, and then as we kind of got further into the process, people, I would see what people had to say about it. And I was like, well, maybe like I could see him, obviously he would be a luxury to the team and thinking about what he could do with Pat would be electric, but I'm honestly feeling really good about this wide receiver room. And I think there's a lot of depth and I think there's a lot of competition. So last season, you know, we had a pretty new wide receiver room outside of McCall Hardman. We brought in, you know, Tony halfway through Sky Moore was a rookie. Um, MVS was new. Justin Watson was new. These guys now are here for their second season. They're able to have a whole off season with the staff. You know, they've gone down to Dallas. They've practiced with, um, Mahomes. They've really gotten extra work with him, really getting to understand what he prefers, what, um, they're not doing right for him, what they are doing right for him. I feel really good about the pieces they've added too, like Rasheed Rice. I think that's going to be a really good get. Maybe not right away because we see how, you know, wide receivers do that first year with Andy. But um, Richie James, he had a really great season last year with the Giants and Daniel Jones. And I mean, (laughs) when you consider the difference of Patrick Mahomes and Daniel Jones, I mean, that definitely has my attention and, and piques my interest a little bit. So I'm feeling really good about the wide receiver room. It'll be interesting to see how many they keep because I think there's a few and like we haven't even got into Justin and John Ross and I don't know that we need to get into them. But um, it feels like there's there's at least a solidified five and then we'll see if they take six. Or I think they'll for sure keep six, um, possibly a seventh. I don't know. Without a fullback, you know, who knows? We could yeah. take on an extra one. Yeah, totally possible. I, I agree with you. I don't think they need D-Hop. If, if he was going to come over for a cheap deal, sure, he's still really talented. Pac-Man Jones is on the Pat McAfee show today. He's friends, uh, buddies with D-Hop. He, he said, and I quote, I don't think he leaves there. I don't think he leaves without a deal. You know, he could be visiting places like the Titans because it's it goes against what he said he wanted, which was to play with a top, top quarterback. So, you know, is he visiting the Titans and the Patriots because he wants to try to drive up his value? Or is it just that at the end of the day, he wants to get paid like he deserves or feels he deserves to be paid and teams like the Chiefs and the Bills just aren't willing to go that high? I think that's probably it. I think he probably signs with New England, especially based on what Pac-Man said. But you never know. It's the NFL. Um, I never thought Le'Veon Bell would end up on the Chiefs, but weird shit happened. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and if this is the last contract he gets and he wants to make money, like it's – it's a risky game. He deserves to make money. You know, I, people like to say, you know, like, well, he should take a team-friendly deal to come over here. And while that would be nice, it's understandable if he doesn't. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's it's work, you know, and it's how much does trying to win a Super Bowl matter to somebody? And I mean, it would matter a lot to me, I think, if I was if I had an athletic bone in my body, but like <laughs> I don't know, man, you know, a million bucks is a million bucks. And if somebody's offering you four and somebody's offering you 12 or 20, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, yeah, right. 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 And so, yeah, we'll see what happens with Hopkins, but I feel okay about the the wide receiver group. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to preseason to get a look at some of these guys and see how they're fitting in with this offense. Um, all right. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. Yeah. Fire away. Uh, which wide receiver are you like most excited about? Who do you think is going to take the biggest leap this next season? <sighs> That's a great question. Um, most excited about, I mean, I think it's, I think it's gotta be sky Moore. I think MVS is what he is in this offense. Like, and it's similar to what he was in the Packers offense. So he's going to do his thing and turn in his six, 700 yards and a few deep targets. But it's like Sky Moore is like, what What can he do in his second year? Can he develop? Can he make a leap that McCall Hardman was not, never really made? McCall Hardman was perfectly adequate in his role for Kansas City. He just never really became, I think, what a lot of Chiefs fans hoped he would be giving all his, given all his athleticism. Can Sky Moore make that leap this year? Because I think that's going to be key. Tony's very exciting, but with him, I'm just sort of like, I'll believe it when I see it. I know he can do it. Can he stay in the field? Sky Moore, I don't know. So uh, I'm with you. I, Rasheed Rice, like, I, I don't think he'll make a big impact this year just because of the way rookies generally tend to perform, especially wide receivers in the Andy system. So can Sky Moore make the leap? And if he can't, the Chiefs need him to. They're betting on him. You know, Juju walks. He can step into that role. If he could step into that role, that would be huge for the Chiefs. He flashed last year, scored his first touchdown in the Super Bowl, big punt return in the AFC Championship game. So uh, even though he gives me a heart attack when they got him back there <laughs> fielding punts, I, it's Sky Moore for me. What about you? Uh, I definitely think the same. I think Sky Moore. I think, you know, last year we saw he just didn't really know the playbook. Um, I think that was part of it. You know, he wasn't really running the routes correctly. He would break a little quicker than he was supposed to, and then the throws would be over his head, and – they just weren't on the same page. So I think because he's had this off season to really get to know Mahomes on a different level and um, really get to know the offense and get to learn the playbook, I think we're going to see a really big jump from him. And I think Andy, you know, that mastermind that he has, I think he's going to really spend, he spent some time drafting up some good plays for him. Um, everyone seems to have a lot of really positive things to say about him coming out of OTAs and um, how impressed they are with how much, I believe he's made just this far into the off season. So I think we're going to see, um, I'm not expecting like a thousand yard season from him, but I think 600 yards, 700 yards from him. I don't think that's out of reach. No, certainly not. Um, and there's a, there's a vacuum. There's a, there's a thousand yards sitting there on the table that, that Juju is leaving behind that somebody can claim. And maybe it goes to one guy, maybe a couple guys, uh, just, you know, just like last year, they spread the wealth around. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for him. And can he, can he do it? Can he put it all together? It's got to be so overwhelming coming into the NFL and like learning Andy Reid's crazy playbook and you're playing with Patrick Mahomes and all this stuff. Um, I'm sure it doesn't really start to slow down for them until the second half of the year. So here we go. We'll see very soon <laughs> if he makes that leap. Um, all right. I, I asked this question on Twitter today and I, I threw this in here because I was curious to know your thoughts on it. Who do you think will have more rings at the end of their career? Patrick Mahomes 
or Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen combined? Hmm. Well, let's just go through it. So we have two now. Mahomes has two now. Yep. If I'm being realistic, I think Burrow will probably get one. They just have a good team around them. Um, they have to go through us. So that's, <laughs> I mean, I think that'll be a really tough challenge for them. But they do have the team. They seem to have the coaching staff to do it. Um, and Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. I mean, he, in my opinion, is the second second best quarterback in the league. Um I think they'll get one, but I also think Mahomes gets one more. So let's say we get at least three. I don't think, and this might be a hot take. This might be an unpopular opinion. I don't think the Bills win with Josh Allen. Wow. I, it, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they won a Super Bowl. But if we're doing this in regards to this question, I'm not going to give them a Super Bowl win. I will give the Eagles a Super Bowl win. So let's say they got two. So I'm going to say Mahomes does. I'm going to say Mahomes walks away with – more than two Super Bowls, which he has now. And uh, between the three of them, they only get two. Yeah, it's tricky with Allen. I, I could see him having like an Elway-esque career where he's just re- he's really good, Elway Marino, and, and isn't winning it. And then like at the end of his career, he gets a really good team and he's still got that arm and he, you know, he wills them to a, a championship or two. There's so many, so many things that go around. I just think the Chiefs have been so dominant that w- what gives Mahomes the, the edge, in my opinion, in this exercise is that he, those guys have to go through him. Two of those guys have to go through him in the AFC. So Burrow every year has to get by Mahomes and he has to get by Allen and Lamar. You know, so like there's some really talented guys out there. So I think it makes it harder for them. Herbert, you know, could could knock somebody off of the playoff game. Um, so I think it could be close because I mean, even though it feels like it, Mahomes can't win the Super Bowl every year. And mm-hmm. I think he gets at least two more. So that would put him at four, an incredibly rare air. But in this exercise, those guys could all just get one over the course of their careers and only be one behind him. I'm going to go – I wish I had more data on Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah. You know, because he was so good last year. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Mahomes by, by a whisker. But I think it very well could be a push because I could see Jalen Hurts, especially with the way the NFC is right now, getting in there and snagging, snagging one or two. And the Eagles are run really well as an organization similar yep. to the Chiefs. So – I I have the most confidence in them as an organization to continue to put really good people around Jalen Hurts and enable him to shine. Um, but I think Mahomes, he's got such a head start. He goes and he wins a third before he's 30. Look out, because he's mm-hmm. he's on a he's on an astronomical trajectory. Uh, what do you guys cool. think in the chat? Let us know. Uh, yeah. Mahomes or the, or the field there? Well, and I think to to add to that, like you said, the Eagles have a really great organization and, you know, Jalen just got paid. So it'll be interesting to see what Howie can do, uh, Howie Roseman can do with that contract. Whereas, like, we know that the Chiefs can handle Mahomes' contract. They've been doing it for the last two years. We won a Super Bowl with his current contract. So I know he's probably due for a little restructure or, you know, an extension, maybe a little bit more money. Um, But we know that they – can work the cap and they can do bring guys in around him for cheap that will still have a successful team. Um, we don't know that with Joe Burrow. We don't know that with the Bengals. Um, they haven't paid him yet. So we don't know what that's going to look like. 
And then in, re- in terms with the, the bills, I just, I feel like their window's closing and I, I don't want to be that person, but at the same time, like, I don't know what's going on with them this week. There seems to be some drama there with Stefan Diggs. Um, they kind of crumbled last year. Obviously they had a little bit of like off field things going on. And then of course everything with Tamar Hamlin, but it just felt like things started to really unravel for them at the end. And um, I just don't feel like they've had as strong of an off season. So it'll be interesting to see, but the AFC East is no joke. I mean, now you've got Aaron Rodgers to consider Miami, although I'm not a huge fan of Tua, like they do have a pretty good team around them. They're, defense is a little bit of a problem but um I don't think you need to worry about the Patriots but you do need to consider the fact that you know Aaron Rodgers and the Jets they've put together a really good squad this offseason so it'll be interesting to see what they can do and if the Bills can get past them yeah you know it's interesting we get some people in the chat um angry drunken German my guy says Mahomes easy choice uh Trish says Mahomes greatness uh, my gal Shelby says 13 seconds a year was the year for the bills. Uh, yeah, I think it was, they were really good that year. Um, uh, Doug in Kansas, who's, who's like one of our PR managers around here. Great discussion. Kylie and Patrick, uh, KCDC says, uh, bills, too many one-year contracts, burrow chokes and becomes Collinsworth. Collinsworth. Sidekick. <laughs> That's great. I think you made a really interesting point about, we, we talked about the Eagles organization and, what we don't know about these guys and how things will go when they're on their second contract. It's not as easy as the chiefs make it look. And the big thing that the chiefs have that these other teams don't have with all due respect to their head coaches is Andy Reed. Andy Reed has won and been in the playoffs year after year, after year, after year with Alex Smith as quarterback, go back and look at the receivers that Alex Smith had. We worry about Mahomes not having good enough receivers. Go look at what Alex Smith had when they were winning 11, 12 games a year, and, and you'll feel you know a lot better about Mahomes. He is so brilliant that he's going to be able to win. And I don't know if you could trade Tyreek Hill with anybody other than Andy Reid and still mm-hmm. just come back and get better on offense. Mm-hmm. And that's a tribute to Mahomes, but also Reed and his offensive play design. So like these other guys, like the Bengals, you know, what are they going to do? Cause they've got Jamar chase, very Tyree kill esque stud receiver with Joe Burrow. Are they going to keep him? Are they going to invest a ton of their money into these two guys? And then are they going to try to keep T Higgins or something like crazy? And what happens to the rest of their team if they do that? And look, we saw this at like you, you could have sat here and been like, oh, yeah, man, Russell Wilson, he's going to win a bunch of went to back to back Super Bowls. You could have said, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's so good. He finally got one. He's going to win three, four. And look what happened to those teams. They were mediocre. They were mediocre and they just couldn't get it done. So what the Chiefs did last year is not easy to do. And for those teams with those quarterbacks, to do what the Chiefs, you know, to, to catch up to Mahomes, they need to be able to do what the Chiefs did, which is ship a really good player out, get value for him, and continue to rebuild and draft well. And that, I think, will tell the tale on, on this particular exercise. Just not Chris Jones. We want to keep him. Just not Chris Jones. <laughs> no, you got to keep some people. You got to keep yeah. some people. Just, just not Chris Jones. And you have to put one thing that scares me is you have to, you have to be careful about hubris. Because mm-hmm. that's the biggest worry that I have, and, and, and it can happen to anybody, is that, you know, Brett Veach and company, like, they, they do what they did last year, and they're like, oh, man, nah, you know, we can draft anybody and we're going to win, and it doesn't work. You got to keep on top of it. 
Um, we see that with with Belichick and some of the Patriots teams that just didn't have a lot of talent towards the end there. Um, but I, I, you know, I feel good. I feel good about about the Chiefs. And I think the other thing they have in their favor is that they are not desperate. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to make desperate moves. They won two championships now. Traded Tyreek Hill, won the championship. Whereas the Bills, like they're starting to make desperation moves. They're you know going yeah. after and getting Von Miller and re-signing him to a ridiculous contract. And like, you know, um, I see the Bengals if if another year goes by and they don't get there, do they start to get a little bit desperate? They're GM because because then people start to look at you. You know, ownership starts to look at you and they're like. You got Joe Burrow, man. Like, why haven't you won a Super Bowl yet? Maybe I need to go get somebody else, new coach, new GM, and those kind of moves. Nobody's getting rid of Andy Reid. He can do whatever he wants. Nobody's getting rid of Brett Veach. And I think out in Philadelphia, the Eagles are in the same boat right now, at least in terms of their GM. So they're not as desperate as I think the Bills and the Bengals could get very soon here. The Chargers, I mean – you know, Brandon Staley, this is it for him. So uh, the Chiefs have a lot of things going in their favor that aren't aren't happening on the football field that we probably shouldn't overlook. Um, no, definitely. And uh, kudos to Brett Veach for showing really great restraint in yeah. a lot of different ways. I mean, I was really shocked we didn't trade for Hopkins. There was a lot of buzz happening for that. I think it was early in the offseason. Um, but they weren't going to give us what they wanted too much. And Brett Veach didn't wasn't going to do it. And I think that's even proven now with some of the contracts he didn't give when you see, you know, what Juju got in new England and, you know, he wasn't going to go there. So I think Brett Veach has shown a lot of restraint. He's shown a lot of growth in the last couple of years. And um, I think it's only going to get better as he continues to get more under his belt. I think what's going to be really interesting for me to see is there were so many rookies on this team last year that came in and just won a Super Bowl. And not that it didn't take a ton of hard work and they didn't give everything to win that Super Bowl. They did, but it's going to be interesting to see how they keep them humble and how they keep them level-headed going into this next season. Um, And what kind of leader, what kind of things that, you know, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid do to kind of keep them, you know, a little more humble. Yeah. Every year it's a new, it's a new Mm -hmm. mountain to climb every year. I was hoping the chiefs would reveal their super bowl rings, which is supposed to happen today during our show has not happened yet. I was just checking Mm -hmm. on it. Um, but I've got one more question for you and this is probably the most important one I'm going to ask you in this whole, this whole show As our listeners know, this is a cereal podcast or a food podcast where we sometimes talk about the chiefs. Um, we're big on breakfast cereal here. People send us boxes of breakfast cereal. By the way, though, nobody has ever sent me a box of Mahomes Magic Crunch. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, I don't <laughs> have one. Um, oh, wow. We got, a, we got a super chat from from Chris Wright. Appreciate you. He says, uh, hey, Kylie. Um, the, the, he says, the Joy Taylor of Chiefs Kingdom. Just got here. <laughs> Keep up the good chat. Uh, appreciate you, Chris. That's a nice thing to say. Um, Very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, back to the food, though. Um, so we love breakfast cereal on the show. We rank it frequently. We do cereal reviews. Like I go out and try like the cosmic brownie cereal, especially during the off season. Um, so do you eat cereal and what cereal is your favorite? I do eat cereal. And I have to say that 
I eat cereal as like a late night snack. I don't know. I'm not someone who eats cereal in the morning, like normal people. I, yeah. it's like nine o'clock after I've had dinner and I'm like, Hmm, I just want some cereal, something to munch on. Um, so typically nine o'clock or so around in front of the TV, I like to go for the uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. I, it's just, it's crunchy. <laughs> it's cinnamony, you know, that's a clever name. Um, I like the Captain Crunch a lot, but I don't like what it does to the roof of my mouth after I've eaten it. Uh, nope. It's kind of a nice little battle that happens in there. So I'm a Cinnamon Toast Crunch girl um, through and through. What is your, what's your favorite cereal? Oh, I mean, it's CT Crunch. It's the goat. It's okay. the goat of okay. cereal. Um, everyone agrees. I, I've rarely seen anyone so bold as to say there's a better cereal than CT Crunch. Absolutely incredible. I'm a big uh, Reese's Puffs guy. Uh, lo love Reese's peanut butter, anything, peanut butter, anything. Jerome says your favorite's Frosted Flakes. Okay. See, they get too soggy for me. And, and my dad, my mom, you guys might not believe this, but I was a little bit of a hyper child. And I, my parents tried <laughs> to keep me off the sugar. And uh, my, I think my mom wouldn't let my dad buy the sugary cereal. So he would always buy these giant economy size boxes of uh, cornflakes. And I hated them so much. And I just, the joke was on them because I would just get the bag of sugar out of the, out of the cupboard, you know, and just go to town <laughs> and make my own frosted flakes. I would even like flick a little bit of like water on there, you know, so that it would stick, the sugar would stick. Um, yes. Okay. So tungsten's bringing up, Count Chocula, which yeah. on this podcast is revered um, and loved. It is obviously it's our big gripe about it is that it's seasonal and that we can't get it right now in July. I have a box of booberry in my cupboard, by the way, that I've been hoarding. Um, I need to I need to tear into. But Count Chocula, man, every year on this podcast, you will see uh, videos of, of or pictures of me like at the mire or whatever like buying like five boxes uh, as soon as it comes out sometime in like late August, early September, uh, buying boxes of Count Chocula and just gaining 15 pounds between <laughs> September and November 1st. Uh, it's worth it though. So good. Have you, are you a count? Have you had Count Chocula? I've had it. I don't, I'm not like a frequent buyer of it, but it is really good. Obviously the way it makes it like a chocolate milk at the end. So you're yes. just like, mm, just got the yeah. chocolate milk now. Uh, it's delicious. I think I'm probably more of a fan of the booberry that you mentioned. I was like, okay. ooh, yeah. I totally forget about that because it's seasonal. Yep. Um, yep. I like that you're hoarding it. That's what I was going to suggest is like, just go in, get a, get a cart and just like load it up and yep. then you'll be set for the, the whole year. Yeah. I'm in there like, I actually was at Walmart on Halloween day and I was like, grabbing monster cereal boxes off the shelf and loading them up because I was like, this is it. Like they're going to, you know, they'll be gone. They'll all be gone. We, we've frequently added general mills on Twitter demanding that they make count chocula a year round cereal. It's not, our campaign has not succeeded yet, but we're not going to give up the fight. Well, I think it should be year round. If you guys in the chat think it should be year round, why don't you hit that thumbs up button? Because I mean, we all need to get on board. General Mills will see it. They'll think this is a great idea. Um, I have to ask, do they quit selling it on like November 1st? Can you not find it on the shelves anymore? Or does it linger a little bit? 
I mean, it'll linger depending on which story you go into, but like, I think they just, and then they, they heavily discount it and then it just gets bought up and it's gone. Probably because freaks like me go in there and, and buy it up, but they probably get their order for the, you know, they get their order for the year and then, and then that's it for the season. And I, by the way, I love you going to the old bribe to get us likes on the video. I do this all the time. Much I get so many eye rolls from 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 the rest of the crew. I'm always oh, like, no. if you think Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, give us a thumbs up. You know, <laughs> uh, if we get to 200 thumbs up, he's going to be the MVP. Those are, those are my favorite go to moves. But this, I, I don't think we've ever done a, a Count Chocula one, and that's a really good, smart off season move. You guys got some. You guys got some tricks over there at Kingdom Cast. You know, we we really try. We really try to get those legs up. We ask about cereal. And uh, one thing is you just can't talk about LeBron James on our podcast. Because, oh, you guys not LeBron yeah. fans? Uh, Chuck is not a LeBron fan. I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. If you haven't, don't worry about it. It's just him <laughs> ranting. But, um, yeah, so we, we have a – you can't talk about LeBron, but you can definitely talk about cereal. You can talk about food, and you can ask for thumbs up and lend likes. So we're good on all that. Awesome. Awesome. Kylie, thank you so much for joining us here on the Arrowhead Ag Podcast. You can follow her. It's right there. It's up on the screen at Kylie Winfrey. And then go to the Kingdom Cast. They're on Instagram. I've been on the Instagram. Uh, obviously, they've got a YouTube channel. And of course, wherever you find your podcast, uh, you can get them there as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll have to have you back on soon. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You guys don't forget to hit the like button. Kingdom Cast, follow me, interact. We love it. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Go yeah. Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Thank you, Kylie. That was great. Man, I, I, I got to say, I've really been enjoying this offseason with all the guests that we've had here on the Thursday show since Verderam abandoned us and went to Sports Illustrated. Speaking of Matt Verderam, next week, the man returns. He'll be back right here alongside me for the, for the whole show. Uh, for our, our sort of monthly pop-in from, from Sports Illustrated's Matt Verger. I'm excited to get him back in the fold. Find out what he thinks about all this madness in this offseason. And appreciate all of you. Before we get out of here, it's time once again for Patty's Power Rankings. But before we get to it, you guys got to know, we got a merch store. We're, we're, we've got some merch cooking for you right now. We just need a design. Uh, we're going to be adding something new to the store. But head on over uh, if you want to get and rep the podcast, Arrowhead Addict hoodie, all that great stuff. And we get a special deal for this week's listeners only. Um, it's promo code. You're going to get 20% off your order today. Uh, you got to use the code Big Red. Big Red at the Arrowhead Addict store. Links in the description, but you got to use it by Sunday to get that 20% off. You'll rep the podcast. You'll save a little bit of money and you support us, which so we can you know, bring guests like Kylie on and bring Vertoram back and all that stuff and do more live events. All right, uh, Patty's Power Rankings, let's get to it. Bringing in producer Richard yet again. What's up, Richard? What's uh, up, Patrick? So this one might not be for everybody. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a video game guy. I'm not, I don't think as big of a video game guy as you are. Cause I'm looking at your list here and I don't know. I think what some I've of hidden are. most of the stuff I'm trying to surprise you. So I, okay. I wrote it in code. Uh, I'm what you call like a, a casual gamer. I, I get every Xbox that comes out. Um, you know, Nintendo's my dog's name is Zelda, but like, I'm, I'm like a one to two game guy. Like I don't play everything. I kind of get into what I get into and, and, and that's what I do. But very appreciative of the art form of playing video games my whole life. So I thought it'd be fun to power rank our top five favorite video games of all time. So this isn't necessarily 
the best video games of all time, but our favorites. Uh, do you want to kick us off, Richard, with your number five? Sure. All right. So at my number five, I'm going to preface this one would have been higher, but because there is kind of a, uh, let's say there's a, a system cutoff and maybe a, you need some extra utilities to play it. I'm putting Half-Life Alex. That's the VR title. This one su- It sucks that nobody can try this game. Wonderful game. Magnificent. Just the way you get immersed in this game over the uh, 16 hours that you're just wearing this headset. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's, it's, um, yeah, every, every time half, every time Valve releases a Half-Life game, they've blown me away and I, I had to put it on the list, but I had to knock it down to five because it's not sustainable for most people to play, you know, spend a thousand plus dollars just to try this game out. But when you do, it's something and it's, it's my top five. I haven't played any VR games. I've only had a VR headset on once or twice uh, early on when the technology was coming out. So it's going to be, there is, I'm excited for some of the games that I, immersive games that I really love to be able to play those types of games in with a VR headset on. I think it'll be really incredible. Number five for me, there's so many great classic games and I, I felt like I needed to have a classic game on here. And, and, and for me, I went ahead and put my gateway game, Super Mario Brothers. I mean, you growing up, I was born in 1983. Like it was a, just an absolute craze getting a Nintendo um, and playing Super Mario Brothers. Still such a fun game to play, even though it's just one of those games, man, like I could close my eyes and get through level one. I think yeah. I know when to jump, what to do. I've played that so many times. Super fun game, simple, effective, uh, and 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 some fun surprises in that game too. You know, the warp zones, some of the other, like the, there's like the negative one level or that whatever that you can go to that's underwater, you know, where you can like get sucked through the wall. There's some really interesting stuff. So Super Mario Brothers is classic. I totally would agree. I mean, it's in my, that's in my top 10 there. It's a lovely game. Um, top number four here. We're actually, this one's going to be old school. Uh, this one to me just embodies like a good game. Doesn't need a story. Doesn't need anything. Tetris. Tetris oh, is amazing. Are. Yeah, and I yeah. just put a bunch of on the outline. I just put a bunch of blocks. Um, Tetris is great. I mean, it's so addicting, and and anyone can play it. Like I, I don't really, you know, my my parents don't really get games that much. My dad likes it a lot, too, a little bit more than my mom. But my mom loves Tetris. Everyone loves Tetris. It's so fun, and even like just every version of Tetris is great. Like the the latest one, check it out. Tetris Effect. It's got electronic music that plays in the background. Great visuals, and it's the same game. Nothing's changed. It's an amazing thing. So Tetris number four. When I hear the Tetris music, like the OG Tetris music, like I start to break out into a little bit of a sweat. Like I get anxious. Um, mm-hmm. Great, great music. Uh, okay. Number four for me, this was a tough one. Uh, starting to get into some big time favorites. I'm going to go with the original Bioshock. That was like one of the first, th- that was the first Xbox game. Like I got my, my, my wife and my girlfriend at the time got me an Xbox and I had never had like a top end game system before. I was always like a generation behind because we didn't have any money. Um, she got me an Xbox. I got Bioshock. I had heard friends talking about it. Blew my mind. Um, and just the the opening, like everything about it, the Art Deco design, the music. When you when you go down into uh, Rapture for the first time, and like the uh, what is it? A, what are they called? Splicers or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. like tearing open the the thing. And I was like, I was like freaked out. My wife was freaked out. She was like, what is that? This is scary. I thought this was like a video game. So it was very cinematic, beautiful design, beautiful music, very fun gameplay. Uh, Love Bioshock one. I agree. That's probably, that's probably my top 10. I was going to, I think when you told me we're doing a list, that was like the first thing in my mind. And I eventually found all these other games I was going to recommend. So great game. 
excellent twist. I, that's one of the times that I've actually stood up in the middle of a game and been like, this is bullshit. Like, so I'm really betrayed. angry. I'm so, so angry and betrayed. annoyed. And now I have to question every time I've, well, let's not get into it. I have yeah. to question games now. But yeah. all right. Number three, uh, I am now, where are we at? We are at one month, one month plus into this game's release. And I think I can move it up to three now. I'm going to say Tears of the Kingdom. We're putting we're putting Zelda on there. Um, I am 35 hearts in. I am... I've done. I've unlocked a lot of stuff. I haven't finished yet, but what I've seen and what I've experienced so far, it's great. It's uh, this game's a, obviously just an expansion pack of the previous game, Breath of the Wild, but it's it's great. I love it. I, I'm getting so much enjoyment out of it, and uh, yeah, I, I can easily just say right now at this moment, it is a top five. It's a top three. I'm excited, man. As I see you rocking the shirt. My dog's name is Zelda. Uh, love Zelda games. Those was my first sort of adventure games that I played all the way going back to NES. And uh, I, I haven't gotten it yet. I'm still finishing up uh, Hogwarts Legacy, playing around with that. So I'm, I'm going to just let it sit and wait and not rush through because, you know, it's you don't get you don't get a Zelda game every once in a while. I heard there's like a whole like underground map. It's massive, Patrick. You're yeah. going gonna to lose track of time. I've I've I looked at my, my playtime on my switch and it says 100 plus hours. It's oh, only been a month. It's bad. It's bad. No social life. Time to dust off the switch. Okay, um, <clears throat> number three for me. This is this is the the Zelda tier, Zelda Ocarina of Time. Such a great game, blew my mind. The time travel element. The you know when I came out of the Temple of Time as an adult and like saw what they did. Such a good job of like creating like this bustling market and Hyrule and all this stuff. And like when you come out, it's horrifying. Like everybody's mm-hmm. dead. It's just Ganon's taken over. It's it's awful. Um, and it has just one of my favorite, like the last stage of that game where you're going up the tower and you fight him in the music and everything. It's just so great. He's like flying. It's awesome. I love that game. It's fantastic. Great replayability. Uh, tons of fun. Yeah. I, again, that's probably a top tenor. That or Majora's Mask, again, they they did a really great job just making a, a random sequel out of that one. But yeah, yeah. I have to agree. All right. Number two, this one's, this one's odd. I, I, I decided last minute and I was like, I really love this game. It is a number two. I, I, I don't know if I'll ever replay it cause it took me too long to get through it, but there is a game by Sega that came out maybe, I don't know, like a decade ago called Yakuza zero. I love this game so damn much. Uh, this is like your standard, like red dead sort of like open world, sort of walking around doing tasks, doing missions, but it's a, you're a Yakuza. You're, you play as two different Yakuza's in Japan and, uh, it's the funniest most action-packed, silliest, weirdest, it's everything. It's, um, I, I, I really loved it. I came away, like, thinking, like, I, I played a crime game, but I'm crying at the very end over just yeah. absolute nonsense, but I, I loved it. And uh, if more people would play Yakuza 0, they would they would hopefully find it out. It's their top, it's their top game as well. So, wow. Yakuza 0, check out the prequel. It's sick. Good wreck, good wreck. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, it takes me to my number two, which is also... I don't know. I don't know that this would be in a lot of people's top five, certainly, probably, maybe not top 10. I really loved it, though. Um, big Bioshock guy. Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. I loved this game. It was... Uh, Bioshock 2 was a little bit of a disappointment for me. It was still fun, but it was kind of like the same game over again. Um, Bioshock Infinite, totally different. Different main character, uh, more of a, an actual character than than you had in Bioshock, and I love the gameplay. It it was very, um, you know, the, the 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 different abilities that you were able to get were a lot of fun to to like chain together. Playing in like the floating city, it was very beautiful. And the end of that game, I think, blew my mind 
more than like any game ending I've ever not like just that it was it was shocking, but like just deep and like meta and like really fascinating. And it went on for a long time. And I was like, wow, this is like they really went for it here. And I really appreciate that. I really is a is a a theater guy, an actor. I really appreciate storytelling. I really appreciate strong characters and strong motivations. So I just found the end of that game really fulfilling and it was a lot of fun to play. I, I'd have to agree. It's, that's Booker's story is tragic as yeah. hell. So yeah, it was that was a good playthrough. I enjoyed that. All right, my number one. There's no story with this game, but uh, I couldn't I couldn't deny its impact on, I guess, the, the gaming verse and all that. Uh, it's Minecraft. I'm going to sound like a child by saying I think Minecraft is just my number one. I've spent so many hours on that game. Uh, I come back to it every year, probably, you know, dive in for like 30 hours at a time. And it, I mean, not at a time, but, you know, like over a few over a few months and weeks. Yeah. Uh, I love it. it it's so fun. It, you can just do whatever you want. You can hang out with a bunch of friends and just kind of do silly things. You know, I, I don't know. It, most people know what it is, so I don't have to explain it. But Minecraft's my number one. It, it made a genre out of just crafting games, out of survival games. Like y- everyone's trying to imitate them, but like you can't beat Minecraft. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I've never, I've never played it myself. I know, obviously, it's m- insanely popular, and people mm-hmm. have done incredible things with it. Um, <clears throat> so I get it. For me, and I'm surprised this isn't in your top five, because for me, there's like a gulf <laughs> between my list, number two and number one, and that's RDR two, Red Dead Redemption two. Oh my, I've never loved a game, or maybe even a piece of media, so much. I had so much fun playing that game. I loved Red Dead Redemption One. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought it was fantastic. Also broke my heart in that game, and I thought I, I didn't think anything could surpass that. And then they they bring out RDR two, incredible character work. the uh, the The way that they created the gang in the camp, and that you could just sort of walk around and talk to people, and you have so many missions. And like meaningful missions with the side characters, I I really appreciated it. I think one of the smartest things they did in that game was the the parties that they would have. There's two parties um, that they have where something good happens. And it's just, you have to do it. And you're there and you have to just experience it. And you can just walk around and people are at different campfires. And there's all kinds of fun things going on to explore. And then endeared it. I've never played a game that created such realistic and um, deep side characters that really made me care about everybody, even the people that went bad and humanized all the characters. And again, theater guy. And then also just an incredible journey for the main character. Incredibly fun gameplay, great map, blubbering idiot at the end of that game for like 30 minutes. I was just completely destroyed. Um, and what's so, so what's so wonderful about it is that it, unlike like the first game, it's not a twist, but it just killed me. It absolutely killed me. Love that game. Love it. Love it. Love it. I want another one. I want it right now. I'm just about to start a new playthrough because I got I got you know the next gen. So I want to see it. There on you that. go. Yeah, you got to see how it looks now. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. That's that's a good one. I know. I, I'm very much. I have a few games on there that are story based, but I I tend to enjoy the game part of games. Sure. But yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. I do like Red Dead. It was a fun game. I gotta get. I gotta give it another shot. Maybe just spend some more time in it or something. Yeah. Well, you're gonna be a sap like me. You know, like I'm. I'm a sap. I'm a sucker for a good story, uh, a little melodrama, all that stuff. And Red Dead has that in spades. And I like. I have wanted a movie, like a Red Dead movie, for years. 
like a really good John Marston Red Dead movie. And then I, then I played Red Dead 2 and I was like, oh shit, please God, just make these now. Because now you have a, now you really have a world. You had a character with Red Dead 1. Now you've like really got deep. I mean, just, you could just use the script for God's sake um, and just exactly. go from there. You didn't have to just fill in some stuff. Uh, I would love if they made a movie of it. I think it would be incredible um, if they did it well. So um, cool. This was fun. I like talking, talking a little bit of game, a little gaming on the old football podcast. Something I know about a little bit. That's right. You know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Maybe. Um, awesome. Well, I'm going to let you get out of here. It's been a long show. Thank you so much, everybody. Next week, we will be back to our, our regular schedule. Um, uh, Matt Connor's back from Denmark. So I'm, he's going to have tales to tell. He'll be back. With, he, and, he and Sterling will be reunited. Of course, Adam and Sterling on Wednesday. And I will be here on Thursday with, with Verter. And we're getting the band back together. Richard. That's exciting. I miss him. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a reboot. Um, I'm excited. So um, thank you to Kylie Winfrey. Thank you, of course, to producer Richard for making this all happen. Thank you to all of our members for your support. Great crowd today. Thanks for all your participation and mentions. And uh, we will see you next week. But until then, as always, you know it. Go Chiefs. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.